so dry. And explode like dust. Suck my balls, suck my balls. You must suck my golf balls. Mommy? Yes? Suck my balls. You got a lot of growing up to do, buddy. Suck my balls. Sorry I'm different, but you can just suck my clit and my balls. You know what? You know what? That word. <laughs> suck my clit and balls. I don't have to suck your balls. Before this day is over, you will suck my balls. Suck my balls, fat ass. I will. I will suck your balls, cow. And I will get down on my knee and I will suck your balls. I'll suck them drag, cow. Suck my balls, cow. Well, excuse my French, Mrs. Marsh, but you can suck my fat, hairy balls. Suck my big balls in your hairy butt Suck my big balls in your hairy butt balls. Suck my big balls in your hairy butt balls. What is that? It's my balls! God damn it, Carmen! How would you like to suck my balls? What did you say? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Actually, what I said was... Holy shit, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Suck I'm your host of the most lives on the West Coast, your boy, MSG. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matthew underscore Schaffer. Each and every week, we break down an episode of South Park in linear fashion. And today... We're back for the season two finale, but I'm not alone. I am joined this week by, of course, my host and a guest. Let me go ahead and introduce my guest first, and then we'll get to our frozen co-host. My guest, of course, returning to suck my balls. He is hey, uh, hey, pro wrestling promoter. <laughs> <Yeah. an announcer. laughs> and of course, a connoisseur of different, uh, you know, movies, television and whatever else he feels like it's on his mind. Joe Vernola, how's it going, buddy? It's going pretty well. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. That was a pretty good crust. I've had 30 some odd years to work on it at this point. I feel you. Like, I'm the same way with Cartman. When people are like, oh, wow, it's a pretty good Cartman. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've been doing it for a while. I've been told my Tom Anderson is pretty spot on. <clears throat> Tom Anderson? Yeah, Tom Anderson, Hank Hill, yeah. Oh, God. You, let's hear it. Damn it, Bobby. Why can't you be a fan of a real driver like Dale Earnhardt? <laughs> that's pretty good, bro. That's pretty good. Uh, we're going to have to talk later because that's a impression I've been trying to do forever, and uh, I would really like to get that down. So you're going to have to help me with that. For sure, uh, for sure. Uh, but, of course, my co-host, he's here. He's frozen. Maybe, I mean, if you want to dro- maybe try dropping off the call again and jump me back on, maybe it'll unfreeze you because your audio is still fine. Um, but, but I like that picture. Hashtag oh. new profile pic. <laughs> right? Take a picture of it. Take a picture of it. All right. Let's, let me do a quick little. <laughs> I do. Take snapshot. Okay. There we go. I took a snapshot, Ian. So Dope. Okay. You, it, try dropping off and jumping back on. With my goofy ass <laughs> grin, just laughing at the whole situation. There we go. There you go. Now you are unfrozen. <laughs> well, uh, here we are. Frozen caveman lawyer. What's going on, buddy? How you got doing? Yeah, he's, and, he's already trying to pack there. He's like, get ready. And what? him being frozen fits in like super well. Like, we right? didn't plan that, guys. Not at all. 
It was a nice debut for you, bro. It was, you got your own little intro there. You're a superstar. Looking good. Shoulders are looking sexy. Got a nice smile on. Set up. He's got the headspace down, the lighting. My boy's learning. Yeah. I'm fucking proud of you. I'm so proud of you, man. We, we grow up so fast. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, just hanging in there. Another day in paradise. So there's, of course, if you haven't been following us on Twitter, uh, you know, there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, huh, Scoop? You know, just people are uh, not taking things serious about the As, health and safety of others. I'm just going to say, you know, yesterday there was 57,000 new cases. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do, dude. I'm just going to stay home. I don't fucking, at this point, I don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> That's that's pretty much where we're I don't at. know what's going on. I don't know if it's I don't <laughs> Joe. Just staying home, locked down. Yeah, except for the days we run shows, but that's, that's even true. then, even then those are all socially distant and super responsible and stuff, but we have TV we need to produce. Yeah. So well, Mr. Ian, uh, our hearts go out to any of your friends or family that are experiencing any issues, as I know that you have friends and family that are close to you right now. So I uh, love you, buddy. And, uh, you know, hope you're okay. Hope they're okay, too. That's why Ian's riled up, guys. That's why he just got trying to Just trying to smile, that's all. Yeah. That's, yeah, he's composing himself. And But you know what? Let's change the subject here for a moment, Ian. We're going to talk about something that we never talked about. <clears throat> Our voice, our time on Voices of Misery. <laughs> so, okay, here's what happened, guys. I've been getting hit up messages for the last couple days about some Voices of Misery podcast, back and forth with another podcast called the Your Random Podcast, and you know some of the some of what happened, our as far as our exit with Voices of Misery, or how our relationship uh, ended, uh, was made public. Now, me and Ian, when this went down, we decided we weren't going to talk about it. It wasn't going to be something that we wanted to get into because, you know, we got other things we can do to, with our lives to focus on. And to be honest, like, you know, like there's kind of like an unspoken code almost at times behind, when it comes to media. Like you don't want to blast people's personal bullshit and your personal bullshit because whatever you said can be taken out of context, too. So, like, there's a two-way street in that, and I tried to also remain professional, and I didn't say anything, and I had no intention of saying anything ever. Uh, however, there was some issues that came to light, so I'm going to give you a very quick breakdown of what happened, uh, on what, on why we, on how it all went down, and then I'm going to tell you what happened before, uh, what happened the last couple of days. So, uh, the first thing is, uh, I brought Voices of Misery on uh, as a sponsor. You know, they, they sponsored Homie Media Group. After bringing them on, it was pitched to make them a show. I initially pitched them. I was declined at the time. Then they were initially pitched again. This time it was accepted. So they joined the network. They were on our show for a couple months. I said, hey, man, would you be interested in adding our Suck My Ball show? He said, <laughs> yes. He added our show. So now we're on their show. Okay, we're on their platform. Right. Okay. Everything's going good for Everything's cool. Everything's, Everything's cool at this Everything's point. Cool. Everything's like, cool. cool. It's cute, guys. It's cute. Exactly. So they were on, you know, they, we were on their network for another you know, three months. We had, I think we had 10 episodes that ended up being on there. So two and a half. And we were 10 episodes deep. Right. So they, uh, unfortunately, and this is immediately by him. He said this on his podcast the last two days 
uh, he uh, has an issue drinking, uh, and unfortunately, he gets um, inebriated to the point that he might consider himself blackout drunk, and he says or does things that may not be beneficial for himself. Those are his words from his podcast the last two days, guys. I'm not making accusations. I'm just telling you what he said, and based on my experience, now looking back, I can say, okay, what he said at the time, he probably didn't mean because he was really drunk and saying some stupid stuff. I'm not excusing the behavior, but I am accepting an understanding now of what he was in at that mindset. Uh, Ian, he's also bipolar, like all of us. So, like, I, 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 there's also an emotional mindset I get when you get drunk and you say something stupid because I've done it, and you sure hell have done it. Uh, oh, I've done it so many times. How exactly. do you think I got Aubrey Huff to fucking tweet us? <laughs> you got Aubrey, oh, Joe, I don't know if Joe, you saw oh, that. Joe, you no, know I didn't. I got Aubrey Huff to give us a shout out. He was like, "Hey, go check these guys out at Soak My Balls podcast." He was like, "Hashtag nerds," because I sent him a. I said, "I got." I was fucking drunk, okay, and like you know, I was stupid. And I sent him a message directly, and like it, he, it kind of went back and forth between the two of us, and then he shouted us out, dude. It was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, "Yo, he just sold for us," because Ian did it privately in the DMs. I was like, "He just sold for you." We were like, "Oh, man." I get, a, I, get a, I get a text from Matt. He was like, bro, we do not want those kinds of texts. And then, like, a couple hours later, I was like, look at this. It's working out, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, uh, I don't know if we want that kind of uh, – I told you, I was like, I don't know if we want that kind of attention. But then I really looked at it, and I looked at the conversation, and all he did was like, yeah, hey, guys, check out the Suck My Balls South Park uh, podcast. Hashtag nerd alert. We were like, yes. <laughs> 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 Anyway, but yeah, so everybody does and says stupid things when they're inebriated. It happens. I don't even need to be inebriated. I just I'm unmedicated. <laughs> I'm on that same level too. I don't even I don't even have to be. I'll just say some fucking stupid. Yeah, I'll just say stupid shit. So or I'll fly off the handle. <laughs> so from there, you know, he 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 accused me. Uh, personally, and I took it personal at the time. I don't now, but he accused me at the time of being against his show, that we, I wasn't a fan of his show, and that I did everything that I could to try and restrict his show or whatever it was or badmouth his show. And that could have been a, his case of own drunkenness, right? You're mixing with alcohol, medication. You create paranoia too. Like I get that. Yeah. So like right. I'm not going to hate he's on just a little, He's just a little like, you know. On edge, right? So I'm not going to hate on it. But what set him off was, I guess – he thought that like I was watching him maybe on social media and taking the same ideas in which he was doing and then initiating said ideas and not giving him credit, which like to his compared to his from his perspective. Now that I've seen it, I can understand it. If uh, you post something and then somebody else posts something similar, you're like, what the fuck? Like, why didn't why didn't he at least credit me? I get it. I, I understand it. But at the same time, like I, I wasn't following him like I, I, that closely. Like it wasn't like I was watching his every tweet or Facebook or social media, and then going, "Oh, I'm gonna do that." Like I wasn't doing that. And as an outsider on this, looking in from a totally different industry, I don't know how much you're aware of what we've been doing. We just did a BLM fundraiser that had all black wrestlers, black referees, black announcer, black commentary. Everything but the camera crew, basically. And you, obviously, though. <clears throat> well, I well, no, I wasn't the promoter. I just oh, okay. helped with it. But uh, Joey was a so yeah, to the white guy promoting it. But everything, 
And now you go on social media, there's at least 10 shows with the same name, the same concept and every, that's just part of right. the business. If you have a good idea, people are going to bite it. That's how you know it's a good idea. Now, in this case, I will contest. And I'm not the, saying you bit it. I'm not well, saying you well, did Well, what I'm going to say is, in this case, I will contest the uh, a notion of his anger, I think, was a little trivial because it was over a Discord. He was just like, oh, you, you I said I was going to start a Discord, and now you're starting a Discord. So, like, in that aspect, uh, at, like I said, that was where, where his own frame of mind was at the time. I'm not going right. to bash on that. But the I'm concept of getting upset over that, I'm going to say, is a little is a little meaningless. So that's what I'm not, I'm not upset about. I'm like, okay, whatever. And, and it's and, like he's not the first one to have that idea. Right. No, that's true. But, again, we don't, yeah. we don't, need, to, we don't need to dwell on that just to continue the story and, along. And I'm sorry for butting in. No, it's fine. <laughs> the, yeah. No, but just to continue the story along, you know, he – uh, ended up right then and there, I guess, because I posted something about due to Discord. He blocked me. He blocked me on all social media, blocked all my stuff, and then he he immediately deleted us off of Voices of Misery. So I was a little upset because there wasn't even a conversation that had happened. He just did it. Um, and then this died down for about a week. And this is where I'm going to stooge off information that nobody knows because uh, I didn't take this public. But I have to now because the other person kind of dropped part of the story. So I want to explain. They, he got into a, we got into a conversation and, and it didn't end well. And because of this conversation, I had prior knowledge that probably I emotionally uh, took advantage of and reacted to. And that was, I had a conversation with somebody, Big Ray, and based on our conversation, and I have the text and the com and the lingo, Ray said, if you and Voices of Misery cannot work out your issues, I have already told them that we are going to part ways meaning that they would be off of our network. Now, he told me this. So now I have this going into the conversation. So I'm still trying to go in very professional. But I also know going in, well, if this doesn't end well, then I don't have to worry about this. But let's try and become amicable. All I wanted at this point in the conversation was just an apology for how he reacted publicly. Because he went on Twitter and started bashing me. And then he went on, he came into our Twitch stream and he was intoxicated. That's all I wanted the apology for that. I didn't even care about him kicking us off the network at this point. That was done with. I just, he basically, so at that point, he said he would never apologize to me and basically told me to go F myself. And this conversation led up. So now I'm emotionally built up, Joe. I'm trying to be nice. And you, this guy just continues to push my buttons. I have access to the Hami Media thread. <laughs> yeah, I'm already, just, I'm already emotionally hyped up and I've been told he's going to be gone if you can't do this alright well fuck you dude you're gone so that's what I did I went I deleted all of his shows now obviously that was a big no no I A don't own the network so I shouldn't be doing that and B it wasn't my place to do that okay so I had I got reamed out of course and I I apologize and I had to make amends but once I explained the situation Ben the owner, he understood. Yeah. He was like, okay. He's like, but let's just move on. No more drama, no more bullshit. He's like, it doesn't affect our overall downloads. It's just like you're removing previous content that you've already posted. So the, the downloads already happened. They're already on people's phones. It already been listened to. I'm not necessarily hurting anybody, right? Um, it's just it hurts. It looks bad for business. So yeah. that's the story, guys. That's what really happened between me and Voices of Misery. I acted emotionally, and I did that. But that was also because I had information that said I could – that this was going to happen. I just shouldn't have been the one that acted on it. Okay? Right. 
So that's that's the breakdown. That's the fallout. Now, at, what happened afterwards is I had a conversation within. I kept my mouth shut. I didn't cause any more drama, and we moved on. So that was it. That's where it ended. And I would have never brought this up had this all this information had now now come out. Now here's where why I had to bring it up. So over the last two days, uh, Voices of Misery ended up leaving Hami Media Group because they had a falling out. And I don't want to go into their business. That's their whatever. And you can find it out by listening to the podcast, guys. Uh, but basically what happened was is they had a falling out with the Your Random Pod Network because the Your Random Pod Network had all of their stuff removed from the Voices of Misery Network because they had a falling out with them. So the Your Random Pod Network then went out and did a podcast. And they aired out all the dirty laundry. And Ray then, of course, dropped the part of this story. You know what I mean? So that's why I wanted to clear it up. And then after dropping part of his, you know, his side of the story, then Voices of Misery came out. Okay, So Voices of Misery comes out. They come out with their own podcast. So I start getting messages from a couple different people. And they're like, oh, dude, they're, they're talking shit about suck my balls. They're saying your pod, you know, it's, it's a crappy podcast and blah, blah, blah. It's a crappy podcast. Hold on. Hold on, Scoop. I'm going to clarify. So <laughs> don't, don't start getting angry. So <laughs> basically, they're like, Matt, they're talking you're shit. You're a towel. You're a towel. Exactly, right? So you're like, a towel. You're a towel. So I was like, okay, okay, you know what? I'm going to go listen to this podcast. So I went and listened to the first podcast. And the first podcast, all his wife said was, I don't like the name of their show and I don't like it. That's it, guys. That's not talking shit. So I'm, I, I'm just saying I'm not offended by it. I appreciate that you listen to our show and you felt like you wanted to tell us, hey, man, these guys aren't talking nicely about you. That I do appreciate, guys. But to me, that's not talking shit. If you don't like our show and you don't like the name of our show, that's not for you. And that's okay. We'll move on. We, we'll concentrate on people who, want, who like our show and interact with us and like South Park. So no hate on them for that, right? For real? Like, that's – What? So there's no hate for them. I'm not going to – We're not middle school guys. And she explains throughout her podcast that she is um, – I hate to use this word, but she says it admittedly. She says she's a prude. So she doesn't like the name of it because it's called Suck My Balls. She doesn't like the, the concept of Suck My Balls, okay? So – and that's okay. And you know, and, I, and, if you, and she probably doesn't like some of the content we talk on our podcast too. And that's okay well, as I, well. But hey. and that's okay as well. So like for that, I'm not gonna shit or get mad and get upset, guys. I'm not clapping back for that. Okay. The second thing was then I got another uh, message that was like, "Yo, now they name dropped you, Matt. Now they're saying you're working with this other podcast to send out personal information about them, like their names and address." So I was like, "Yo, I'm not doing that." So I quickly sent him over an email, and I'm gonna break. I'll stooge this. I sent over them an email and said, "Yo, I got nothing to do with this as far as your guys' interactions. Uh, you know, I didn't send off any emails. I didn't send off any personal information. Uh, I got too much good things going in my life right now to hate on you or hold a grudge, bro. So you know, we're all good. Peace." He responded back and said, "You know, I respect you re reaching out, saying thank you. Blah 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 blah. I'm glad we can end this amicably." And that was it. So, like, that's it, guys. That's our beef, okay? That's the story. That's the breakdown. We have nothing more to do with this, and we are not going to bring it up any further. Ian, do you have any final thoughts? Hey, man. Check my bows. All right, guys. Let's get into another – let's get into another edition. Check my bows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just – 
Like I kept getting messages and then like I had to listen. Dude, Ian, if you get bored and you want to listen to some like great podcast entertainment though, bro, go listen to the your random podcast episode number one and then listen to the last two episodes of Voices of Misery. They they are just going back and forth. In the one last episode, one of the guys from Voices of Misery for 66 minutes. I've never heard the words cunt and bitch used so much. It's the most entertaining shit I've heard in two days. And I'm not shitting on anybody. I'm just saying from an entertainment standpoint, it is riveting podcast. Get on I-25 with me from Denver to the Springs. You'll hear a lot of cunts and bitches in about the same amount of time. It's just riveting content. Anyway, so Mm -hmm. go check those out, guys. I'll put them over. Go check them both out. I'm just saying we're we're not involved. Prehistoric Man episode synopsis, guys. This was the season finale. This is episode number 32 of Sek Meh Bows. This is season two, episode 18. Now, this is the season finale, as I mentioned. This aired on January the 20th of 1999. So the concept of this episode is the boys find a frozen man. And there's also kind of a side story going on with Eric Cartman wanting to be Steve Irwin. <laughs> oh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to sneak up on it and I'm going to jam on these buttholes. I've got to be careful. So what I'm going to do is sneak up on it and jam my thumb in its butthole. Holy crap, dude. So that's how this. Crikey. Ep- Crikey. He's pissed <laughs> off now. Do the, do they ever have Steve Irwin again later on? I they think do. They, yes, hell on, yes, they do. They are uh, hell and on it, And it's it. totally too soon. It's totally too soon. But it was funny soon. as hell. And they just killed him too. Oh shit! It was well, like they killed a him month in or so after. Yeah, it was like less than two months after it. Like two it was, weeks, two three weeks, bro. Like they just like boom. Well, uh, yeah, it, like that iron was. Uh, uh, bro, hot. it's too soon. Satan, what do you mean? It's me, Steve. It's me, your friend. Oh, you don't have a costume then, bro. You got to go. Yeah, go ahead. This is the introduction of Steve Irwin, and that's how we start the episode off is Eric, Kenny, Kyle, and Stan, they're all at Eric's house. They're watching an episode of The Crocodile Hunter. Now, I watched Crocodile Hunter, okay, back in the day. He never did, you know, sneak up on him and jam his foam up his butt. Oh, but that is an amazing concept for this episode in which they integrate to have Steve Irwin do. And um, this inspires them. They're watching this episode and they're watching Steve go, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to sneak up on this crocodile, yeah? And I'm going to jam my foam up his butthole and we're going to learn all about it. So what if he's he giving did- it a little wiggle too, you know? Yeah, he does a little bit. So he jumps in to the pond and he, he's all right. I'm gonna jam my thumb up his butthole now. <laughs> oh, he's good and pissed. He really oh, is. Right, this now. <laughs> so, uh, at the end of the scene, they show him now. He's got a he's like, all, all I got is a few broken scars and a broken testicle. <laughs> a broken testicle, smash testicle, smash testicle, smash right testicle. So now the boys are they're pumped they're like this is fucking awesome and they're like let's go out and we should go on this we should go in the mountains and search for crocodiles which is kind of cool the imagination of kids right they're going out let's go out and play let's search for crocodiles (laughs) and in the midst of doing all of this in the midst of doing all of this kyle falls down a hole 
and he, you know, he's all hanging out down the hole. And uh, at one point, uh, Kenny does say something, which we'll get into the what did Kenny say? Because Kenny does say, um, uh, "You bastard!" After they believe Kyle's dead here, because Cartman's like, "Well, he's dead. Let's go. Let's take a hike. Let's get out of here, guys." <laughs> uh, well, so. Kyle's like, I'm not dead. And, you know, he's down there in the, the hole. So they decide to go ahead and throw rope down there. <laughs> and he, he gets lowered on the rope. And he's like, oh, dude, this is making me dizzy. And he throws up. <laughs> As he's spinning, he throws up on Kyle. <laughs> like a vomit windmill. <laughs> gets cold. Have you ever been on like that ride at like the county fair that just like you're strapped to the wall and it friggin' spins around and someone friggin' wretches on that? Mm-mm, it's exa- never yeah, it's quite similar. <laughs> if one person wretches, everyone gets hit with like at, at least five people in each direction uh, get hit well, with that. The thing is, the well, thing is, I was lucky because I was I ended up being the person next to the I was next to the person who threw up. So based upon the velocity and the movement and where we were in the turn when they threw up, yeah. it went over. <laughs> <laughs> That's like some matrix shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it was, bro. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> I wish they had done the Vomit picture. Time. I wish they had done the picture, the snap of the picture at that point. You know, they take your picture. Yeah. Oh, you just see my face. <laughs> that would have been perfect. Oh, I would have put that on. I would have blew that up and put that in a frame. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Like, like, and just or put make a meme out about it. Me, me avoiding the bullshit in life. so the boys do uh lower stan in and they uh you know i gotta give stan credit here stan's the one that finds the prehistoric ice man okay because kyle's like all right lower us back or you know bring us back up fat boy and um stan's like wait a minute what's this dude and they end up finding a a frozen man you know uh, what we believe to be at this point a an ice man Maybe from prehistoric times. I mean, I guess in this context, it is prehistoric. Yeah. So they find a man and they're like, dude, we got to take this ice man up and see if we can get a reward for it. <laughs> like, that's all they can. Like, what can, can we get a reward for this? <laughs> so they bring the, they, they, they're like, you know, tugging along the ice man. And as they're tugging along this ice man, we then start to see some dissension grow between Stan and Kyle as Stan, who believes he founds the ice man wants to name him Gorak, which is a weird name. And Kyle himself wants to name him Steve, Steve, Steve. <laughs> At one point they're like pulling it <laughs> and they start, they're fighting and Cartman is still trying to pull the sled. He's like, I'm out there guys. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> Not even moving because Stan and Kyle are arguing back and forth at this point on what's better, Steve or Gorak. And you know what? Because uh, Kenny does get some early lines in, let's go ahead right now, Scoop. Let's go ahead and break into what did Kenny say? What did what did Kenny say? What? Dick. What did Kenny say? All right, so Don't Kenny early on. Fuck did I just watch? <laughs> 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 you haven't been on with us in a while since we started. 
started, what did Kenny say? Yeah, <laughs> middle of what? Well, it's yeah, a- last time I was on, I was filling in for Scoops. So. <laughs> So yes, this is our this is our breakout now. What did Kenny say? So in the first part of the scene, the very first thing, Aussie guy says, "I'm gonna jam my thumb up his butthole." This should really piss it off. So he jumps in. He's like, "Oh yeah, that's pissed it off, all right." And then Stan says, "This guy's nuts." And Kenny says, "He actually killed it." Harvey's <laughs> <laughs> like, "I tell you that." So that that was the first one. This was the second one. Stan mentions to Cartman, uh, "Good job, Cartman. You killed Kyle." And King says, "You bastard!" So that was uh, Kyle's second time of saying, uh, "You bastard." Well, actually, no, it was first time. Sorry, that was Kenny's first time because the first time was he actually did say, "Oh my God, they killed Kyle." Yeah, and, and that was in the previous episode. And now this is his first time saying, "You bastard." Um, Cartman says, "Well, well, you shouldn't have called me fat." <laughs> and then um, the, the third and really final time of Kenny having any lines other than when he dies is when they are arguing over the name of the Iceman and who found it and Kyle says to Kenny who found the Iceman and Kenny actually says well I think you guys should name it Steve so Kenny agrees with Kyle here mm-hmm. I think they should name it Steve um, Scoop do you think they should have named it Steve yeah all right, Joe. Do you think they should have named it Steve? I think Stan had naming rights, so it no, doesn't yeah. matter what I think he should have been named. And Gorak is what an eight-year-old would name something he finds frozen. <laughs> but Kenny, like, but hold on. But Kenny believed with Kyle, so Kenny yeah, that's... Kenny's a little backstabbing. Oh, but but Kenny said. Right. You and forgot. He says you bastard. He says you Kenny bastard. Kenny sides with they... Kyle a lot. Yeah, I said already. Oh. Kenny sides with Kyle a lot, and like later on in the series, like Mysterion puts Broflovsky over hard. You're right. You're right. Kenny does seem to side with Kyle a lot, and initially on, uh, well, actually, I'd say long term now, Cartman sides with Butters, or Butter sides with Cartman's. Yeah, is. yeah. Butters is Cartman's little minion. Um, he Cartman can manipulate Butters to do anything he wants. <laughs> hey, dude, you got hey, some but- crap right here. Hey, Butters. Hey, Butters. Who's responsible for nine eleven? <laughs> <laughs> 9-11 was caused by corporate lobbyists and the Jews, of course. <laughs> and, the Jews. and who told you, you can't that? can't just shoot a guy in the dick, brothers. Who told you that? <laughs> Old Carmen here told me that. That's right, brothers. That's right, brothers. Old Carmen here says I'd be really good at second. That's right, brothers. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's what Kenny said, guys. So uh, those are his lines. He said uh, he actually killed it. You bastard. And, well, I think you guys should name it, Steve. So that was uh, what did Kenny say? Anyway, let's move on back into the story now. After the boys get into town now, after put, uh, you know uh, lugging along that Iceman, everyone's in town arguing about capital punishment. So the, the mayor is like all in favor <laughs> of bringing back the death penalty. And the crowd, half the crowd's like, yippee. And then some guy comes in late. He's like, what are we uh, talking? Or he says, well, he goes, yippee. And then he goes, what are we are talking about? <laughs> so he doesn't even know what they're voting about, which is great. That's a, a big slide at how people just follow mob mentality and vote without even yep. knowing what the issues are. And then not only on top of that, after that, then they go all in favor 
opposed and goes, uh, nay. And then the guy who literally he just asked what were they talking about, he goes, hey, f- screw you. And then all of a sudden a big fight breaks out, which was, again, more satirical uh, commentary on political uh, arguments. Yes, yes. Scoop. Huh? I know. I, I had to check in with you there. Scoop's, <laughs> Scoop's drifting off into La La Land. He's Dude, I, was just, I was just like correlating this episode, like that moment with what's going on today and everything. Then, and like how some people are just blindly saying and spewing things out right now is really like, wait, what are, what are we? All these early episodes that we like, especially season two, a lot of stuff. That they're just like making like satirical, uh, you know, uh, pinpoints that are just very snidely, very quickly. Like they're still relevant now. We pointed out, you know, over the last couple episodes, everything they've been doing. It might be so, even more relevant now. This one because, is specifically. Like if you if you were to think about it, if you were to watch this in the early two thousands, right? You'd you you would just still see that as funny, and then in, like two thousand ten, you watch it, you're like, huh? And then like two thousand sixteen, you're like. And now you're just like, and, and now like, we didn't listen. The Simpsons, listen. they've been calling this shit since the fucking beginning. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't listen. We, we didn't, didn't listen. Fucking listen. We didn't listen. <laughs> we, we didn't listen. I just opened up the window. My neighbors are probably going to think I'm fucking wacko. <laughs> My window is open. It's nice. <laughs> well, yes. you didn't listen. Yes. So, yes, it's a great conversational piece because people are blindly vote things, vote with things. Or they don't even uh, nowadays. It's not even about the issues. It's about who's telling you the issues. That's how people vote. They go, yeah, I'm voting for Trump because, you know. Trump making America great. Or, yep, I'm voting for Bernie Sanders because you know Bernie Sanders is trying to make give me a lot of money. Or, you know, I'm going to vote for Elizabeth Warren because she's a female. You know, so, like, people just, like, or I'm voting for Joe Biden because he's, you know, his, his best friend's black, so he's black president. You got to vote for him. So, like, Rambling you know, Joe think. Biden. You know, that's how people think. Like, hey, he's, right. he's, got, a, he's got a black pre- black friend, you know, so I'm voting for him. He's down with the culture. So like But realistically, if you look at the issues of what these people stand for, you might not agree with them. So like you need to really research uh, what these people stand for. And also, like the most important thing, if I told anybody to vote, I don't if you don't want to vote for president, I'm not going to sit down and argue with you. You should. But if you don't want to vote for a presidential election, at least vote for your local officials and county elected officials, please. Like that's how you make change in your area. If you don't like shit, go at least vote in that because that's what really affects you, like on your day to day lives. That's I like it when you vote, bitch. Shake them. I'm gonna vote, bitch. This this next couple weeks is when I look into all the local politicians and stuff because yeah. Bitch. I don't, who who are we going to fucking vote for? Bitch. I feel like I'm going to end up having Slam a jimmy in your mouth, boof. I, I get your big ass in that pole, boof. Vote the time, motherfucker. I, I, said, I said, motherfucking vote or I will kill you. Vote the time, motherfucker. Anyway, but yeah, at least vote for your local county officials. I'm sorry, Scoop. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that is a good <laughs> Say, point. If, yeah, you did bring up a good point while we were quoting Puff Daddy. <laughs> 
it's P Diddy now, or is it just Daddy, or is it Diddy, or is it Puff? I don't Sean know. Combs. That's who we were quoting. Die, motherfucker, 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 motherfucker. Anyway, uh, Montavious so. by Pistol. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Ian. My history teacher back in high school told me the best way to make and get a good president is through your local governments and then voting them up into Senate and then Congress. And then that can give them the leverage to when we could start having decent presidents or decent political people running for president. Well, there's a lot of a local in the local communities. There's a lot of good leaders that deserve to be hired. Here's so what just make sure you research and vote. Here's what happens, though, and here's unfortunately what's flawed with that theory currently. I'm not saying that's not a good idea, but here's what's flawed, flawed with that theory in the current political system. They, they get from you know local. They get from regional maybe or state to regional, but then they get to D.C., okay? And then once they get to D.C., somebody comes in and goes, hey, I'll work for a big company, and I'll give you a bunch of money if you vote this way. And they're like, really? You got to remember the president before this one started as an alderman, then became a senator, then. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're not all. I'm not talking about president right now. I'm talking about all the the elected officials. I'm just saying a lot of these people get there who have worked their way up like that. And, and then okay, you're and they then get they get to DC and they then they're like a lobbyist comes in and goes, Hey, if you vote this way or you don't vote this way. So then at that point, even if they do make it up to presidency, they're already corrupted. For every Mr. Smith that goes to Washington, there's fifty that just take the money. I get yeah. okay, I see what you're saying now. Fortunately, and totally agree with it. So we got really sidetracked. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. And un- and unfortunately, I have an appointment to get the windshield replaced and the car recalibrated. Well, let's finish this episode up, at least. Yeah. I have to go. You oh. got to go? Yeah. I thought you at least have 15 more minutes. No, I got to go now. All right. Well, I'm Scoop, sorry. that's all right. Time out, time out, time out. Me and Joe have finished. That's it. Talk to you later. Later, dude. All right, so, Joe, we were here at the point where the boys have now brought the Iceman to the town, and they're like, well, we found this Iceman in the cave. We thought someone would like it, and then everyone just is like, what? They all stop fighting about the death penalty, and he eventually uh, has him, uh, like, examined because Mephesto walks in, and he's like, yeah. oh, I could take this back to my lab, and I can examine it, and I can do some tests, but I can't give you any money, but I'll let you name it. And then Kyle's like, his name's Steve. He's like, all and right, Steve. Mephesto is one of my favorite parody characters from the early years of the series. Like, he's a complete Marlon Brando, Dr. Moreau ripoff and everything, and it's just friggin' fantastic. Yeah, he's a great Oz. He's a great character. He's got some great lines in there for sure. Yeah. So in this case now, Stan and Kyle are, you know, they're starting to, of course, continue to build more dissension. But what ends up happening is the boys are, you know, they're kind of, they go off and they start doing their own thing while Mephesto starts to examine them in the lab, or he starts to examine uh, the Iceman, and he, (laughs) he unfreezes them with, like, blow dryers and shit. Like the radio is the most advanced technology. Um, mm-hmm. So, right? And they just standing there with blow dryers trying to un- un- unfreeze him. Well, yeah. he, he does become unfreeze and he comes back to life. And 
after the mayor gets there and they're examining the body, Mephesto's like, we can't let him come back to life. He won't be able to survive in this time. Looking <laughs> at the frame of his clothes, he's got Eddie Bauer. That means he came from the year 1996. <laughs> now, this show, this episode came out in 99, so it was only three years old. Um, now, I mean, I can imagine maybe being away from civilization for three years and maybe having a lot of it shock you. But the way they played it up in this episode was kind of ridiculous. Which adds to the humor. I mean, right. they've always been really good at taking the absurd and making it even more absurd. Like, the, and the Encino Man thing has already been done. The Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer, which is one of my favorite SNL bits, was done. This was a way to copy that trope and still have it be their their own that's, i that's think good. no that's a good point and i would and I'll, I'll bring and I'm, i'll reference that again here at the end of the podcast of course is one of the underlying trivia right? yeah i'm jumping ahead no it's okay <laughs> whatever i mean that's fine I, we can it's always easy to talk about it during the episode because at the end i don't have to like we don't have to like spend all that time going through a big list you know i can be like yeah right, we hit this right. we hit this we hit this so it's not a big deal but yeah that was definitely a good point uh encino man um was the parody on the frozen aspect so you can go check that out if you want more information on the full uh, detail of what went down in that. Brendan um, Fraser is a goddamn gift and very underrated. Dude, he did a lot of those movies where he was just like either in a bunker or in Sino Man, you know what I mean? Where he froze in or out of time. Yeah, What's George the of the Jungle. What was that movie? I can't forget where he comes Blast out. Blast from the past. Blast from the past. With That's... Alicia Silverstone? Yes. Yeah, Blast from the past. Yeah, he does a lot of these uh, movies where he's uh, coming from the past. The Mummy. He was in he's, the past in The Mummy. You're right, with The Rock. That's where he made his yeah. first appearance. His first appearance. And got his own spinoff, and the rest is history, guys. Right. Smell what the highest man in Hollywood who may potentially be running for president in 2024 is cooking. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now, in the... Shit. <laughs> That's how I know we'll be in truly the strangest universe. I mean, at this point, fuck it. Just just go ahead and elect Terry Crews, okay? It was in the movie. Just make him the president. The real Terry Crews would probably be a pretty goddamn good president. Um, but anyway, in his lab, the boys arrive to find that Festo has unfrozen this man. And it turns out that he's been frozen since 1993. Now, what they decide to end up doing is fucked up. They're like, uh, first, they, they like I, the absurdity of them not being able to understand him. They're like, what did he say? Oh, good, you're here. Oh, my God, they revived Gorak. You bastards! Yes, and I need you to communicate with him. See if you can understand what he's saying. Uh, hi. Hi. What did he say? He said hi. Very interesting. Where am I? What? He wants to know where he is. Tell him, tell him he's home. You're home. In the year 1999. It's 1999? He's been frozen for the past 32 months. Dude, you've been frozen for 32 months. And we found you. What? 32 months? All right, all right, oh! all right, calm down. Because, like, he's... Mephisto. <laughs> Steve's talking normally, or Larry is what we end up finding out his name yeah. later is. But Larry's talking normally. Larry's like, yeah, I can understand you. What's going on? And But they are acting as if they don't know. It's kind of like later on in the episode where Kyle has to talk to his Jew, the Jew, the Jewish people. And like, they're like, we got to bring in Kyle. <laughs> what is he saying? <laughs> Mafesto. Ma 
Mr. Mackey, I, I can't yeah. understand. I can't understand Judaism. Anyway, uh, <laughs> like they're talking normal. So, but yeah, so that's they they do that parody here where they don't understand Mephisto. So they bring in Stan and them to talk, and when they do so, Officer Bob Brady finds him outside and he plays uh your your I guess your version his version of Eeny Meeny Miny Mo, but it's Spuds. I, I've never played Spuds. Neither you played that I. one. No, I think everybody's played Eeny Meeny Miny Mo though, right? Right. You played, have you ever played Eeny Meeny Miny Mo? Oh yeah, oh, okay. Catch a Tiger by the Tail. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Everybody played that. That's a '90s kid. That's a '90s uh, kid. Yeah. Sure. This is like one of the most screwed up moments in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> that's true. You're right. Eeny Meeny Miny Mo. So yes, that's def- they played their version, but Spuds, my mother Spuds, uh, blah blah blah. So Stan gets chosen apparently to talk to go talk to him. They all go though. <laughs> They're in the office, and he's all like, "Can you go ahead and speak to him?" And Stan's like, "Hey," and the other guys like. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) so like he's asking him questions and they find out that, you know, he's from 1990. They kind of explained to him he's from 1996. And uh, Larry does have a little bit of a freak out at first, but they come up with the notion that they've got to put Larry in a habitat. So they put Larry in this habitat that's based around 1996, because what happens is is federal agents have showed up and they want to kind of use him, Larry, as a weapon. We don't actually ever find out other than at the end. How we do find out the country? I guess I guess it would have been against Sweden. That they that's a little tidbit they drop at the end, but it, it they never really understand what they would have done with the three year old Larry. <laughs> like, so they arrive and they want to sponsor and fund this research. So what do they do, Joe? They open up an exhibit where you could pay to come see the man from three years ago. Yep. Here you see his internet connection is slow and it's frustrating. Ah, right. So in the habitat exhibit, it's so dumb. It's like got uh, old music. All that she wants uh, is it's... little baby. There's all tomorrow now. All, all that, that she wants. And I am so a that... huge chase with bass, Mark. I don't care who. Knows. Oh, really? Nice. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, they had that blast, and they mentioned uh, back in th- uh, 1996, 1997, the Internet was still in its developmental stages and booming, but the common consumer still became frustrated with it. <laughs> and they didn't have the high speed we had. That's accurate because I remember my we having a Mac, and if it wasn't playing a game on it, like if I tried to use the Internet, you'd get frustrated with AOL or Netgear. Was it at the time? Netgear, Netscape, Netgear? Netscape, yeah, Netscape, Netscape yeah. Netgear. I think they were like they were both things. People don't remember, but Firefox started off as a 9.99 internet browser that you had to pay for back in the yeah. day. All these internet browsers at the infancy of the internet started off as a paid service. And you know what was great about that, Joe? There was no advertisements. <laughs> there was right. no advertising, guys. So that's what happened. You want to know why there's all this advertising? Is because you gave up the the right. For free, you gave it up for free internet. You wanted free internet, so what do they do? They monetize it because they got there's operational and overhead costs, guys, with everything. Facebook chart lets you use it for free because they can use your data for data mining and sell your data for. And you agreed to it. That dumbass Rome statute doesn't even apply to IP. No, exactly. So you guys agree to it, and that's what happened with the internet. And that's I mean, that's why the internet was frustrating in its infancy. I would say though, even when my parents were paying for like AOL 9.0 and shit, mm. 
on DSL at that point, if, as long as you weren't like downloading high amounts of uh, like media, it wasn't bad. Like you could still use chat rooms. You could a little bit slower, but you could still get on the internet and do things, have message boards. And the re- and like I said, there wasn't really any advertising unless you were on that a specific site. Maybe a site had yeah. advertising. Right, right. And to support them. Like my parents had Prodigy way, way Prodigy. back in the wow. day. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Showing my age there. But <laughs> yeah, but that, that was some wild shit. What ends up pissing Steve or Larry off is that uh, he turns the TV on and they're like, oh, he, and crocodile dundee's on at this point they're like oh no he he could change the channel and find something that pisses him off he changes the channel and they go and they have done it the atlanta falcons are going to the 1999 super bowl (laughs) and that's what pisses him off he's like ah and he loses his shit and so he gets upset which i thought was funny he got mad about the falcons uh with that that would have been Deion sanders right 99 no, uh, by '99, I think he was playing for the Cowboys. Are you sure? I I know that he was on the uh, Cowboys for one of those Super Bowls. He was on the Cowboys for Super Bowl Thirty, so he had left Atlanta by then. See, I because I know that I thought I thought that was the same year that the Niners went to the World Series. I thought that was the year he played duel like he got to play no that was like world 90, series that was like 1991 it wasn't a world oh. it wasn't a super bowl in a world series he played in a football game and a, a regular season game and a world series game in the same day in the same day that's yeah what that's like cheap, he played bro. yeah he played the football game in the afternoon it was in like miami then he jumped on a helicopter. I think the home game was in Atlanta, or they may have had to uh, fly him up. I'm, I'm trying sure to think of possible. who that. Yeah, like it. It was a super close flight. Like there was one time the week before they flew him up to Pittsburgh from Miami, and he just barely made it to the baseball game. And then they did it again the next week, and. So you're right. No, Dion was not on that team. So then, yeah, the, yeah. I don't know. I, I would be pissed too. That was the that was the shitty team, and they ended up losing the Super Bowl that year. The Packers. That I do remember. No, they <laughs> lost to oh, the Broncos. Sorry, Broncos. Broncos. Sorry, John Elway got his Super Bowl title. Yeah, so, his second one in a row. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Man, it's been a while since I watched sports. Back in the day, I used to know all this stuff. Man, I was a little sports nerd. <sighs> then you oh, grow they up. still cling to those two Super Bowls in the '90s and the one four years ago up here. Well, the one I know about, the one you got four years ago, I was okay with. Okay, I was okay with that one because for so long, as a Titans fan, I hated Peyton Manning. So I was okay to see him get one, not for the Colts. <laughs> I was I, like, all right, you got one. That's cool. You know, yeah. I, I thought maybe it was some hatred for the Seahawks or something. In no, there. no, I don't like the Colts. So I hated Peyton Manning, I, or I couldn't appreciate him because he was always against us. But then once right. he went to the Broncos, I was like. All right, cool. Like you're in the Super Bowl, I can cheer for you this year. You know, the so. same way I have respect for Kurt Schilling until he went to Arizona and then Boston. Same because way, because then he, because then he became a Yankee killer and fuck that. Same way with Kurt Warner. I couldn't, I couldn't stand Kurt Warner because he beat us. But then, like when he played for the Cardinals and I met him, I was like, this guy's great. Right? <laughs> I was like, can't hate Kurt Warner. He's got a wife and like ten kids. He's a nice yeah, guy. Yeah. 
<laughs> can't hate Warner. Can't hate Fitzgerald. Yeah, definitely. Or Bolden. No, can't hate Anquan. That no. dude works. But okay, we're getting sidetracked again. I know, man. I'm sorry. Well, anyway, no. so they Larry is in his habitat. The boys decide to bust him out, Joe. They're gonna yes. They're gonna break him out in the middle of the night, and they're gonna they're they're gonna take him away. So, well, they try to. All they had to really do is open the door. And then once they open the door, Larry's like, "All right, see you later." And he leaves. And at that point, the tension between Stan and Kyle has gotten so high. They're gonna like, "All right, we're gonna fight tomorrow." Then four o'clock at the bus stop. How about three? Well, dude, Terrence Avila comes on at four. Oh yeah, you're right. All right, four o'clock it is. <laughs> so they agreed they're gonna fight the next day. Um, meanwhile, while this is going on, Larry decides to go home and see his family. <laughs> this is so bad. Fucked up. It is so fucking hilarious. <laughs> so they go home. His wife's name is Leslie. So Leslie answers the door. He goes, Leslie, it's me, your husband, Larry. And she's like, Larry, I don't know Larry. You're not my husband. Think hard, Leslie. We used to be together for over eight years. I seem to remember a husband, but I think he was lost and never found on Kenosha Pass. That was me! Oh. Who is it, lover? It's my former husband, who I'd forgotten all about. Ooh. Well, sir, let me shake your hand. I'm proud to meet the man whose wife I'm currently sticking it to every night. He's like, it's me, your husband Larry. We were married for eight years? <laughs> and she's like, oh, I seem to be remembered married to someone, but he went out in, into the past and he never came back. Yeah, th th that was me. Oh, hello. <laughs> I've moved on now. I've moved on now. And he's like, what? And then all of a sudden, like, her husband shows up. Her new husband. <laughs> What's up, lover? What's up, lover? Uh, well, this is my old husband that I used to be married to before I was married to you, before I got married to you. And, like, there's an awkward silence. And then he goes, well, let me just shake the hand of the man's wife I'm sticking it to. Uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> oh, man. And then, like, Larry's like, well, he after he leaves the other guy, Larry says to Leslie, uh, well, you didn't go searching for us? Well, we did, Larry. We searched all afternoon. And, and after two days, I just couldn't take it anymore. And then by day three, I just had to move on. <laughs> yeah, it was. Now I have children now. Well, no, no. First, he says, he says, well, what? he goes, I, I have nowhere to stay. I, you know, I, I'm scared. I'm sorry, Larry. I, I have children now. They're one's 11 and one's five or whatever. Huh? And then he walks away after this. He goes, wait, 11 and 5 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so basically she married this guy who had already previously has kids. So, as I mentioned, Larry leaves now, right, after finding out that he can't stay there. And Larry decides that he's done. You know, he, he, he's over it. Uh, while this is going on, uh, Mesfesto does arrive with those federal agents, as we are now starting to learn, uh, back at the lab and realize that he has broken out. So they're going to go on a search for there. Um they find Larry, what was it, in is it in Kyle or Stan's backyard, one of the two's backyard, mm -hmm. and Larry is trying to freeze himself. He's in, like, a kiddie pool, and by this point, I, should, I failed to mention as well. The feds hired Steve Irwin to help them track. Well, right. I, well, I was also going to say, I failed to mention that Cartman has now become the popular kid in, within the group because Stan and Kyle are mad at each other, so Stan's like, well, you know what? Oh, shut up, Assmaster. You're just jealous that they had me talk to him. Guess what? You're not my best friend anymore. Carmen's my new best friend. Hey. Oh, yeah? Well, you're not my best friend anymore either. Carmen is now my best friend. Kidder. Fine. Fine. Hey. Cartman's my new best friend. 
And, and Carmen's like, sweet. And then Kyle's like, yeah, well, you know what? Carmen's my best friend. He's like, killer. I'm doing, I'm pretty popular now, said. Right. And then that's also about the same time that Kyle finds out about Des Moines. Right. Because here's what happens is, is they are, Kyle, or I'm sorry, Stan walks in and says that, because Kyle's like, or Stan says to Cartman, you're a shitty friend, dude. <laughs> you're a you're not a good best friend, right? I'm supposed you're supposed to be helping me train to fight him. <laughs> and then he walks in, he's got the pamphlet, and he tells Larry that you don't have to freeze yourself because there's a place in Des Moines, Iowa, that is three years in the past. Three years in fashion, three years in technology. I kinda wanna hit up Jargo. I should have hit up Jargo for this episode because he lives in Iowa. I'd be like, yo, are you three <laughs> years in the past? Like, you know, you know, there's nothing going on there. But yes, three years in the past. They were still living in 1996 times. But to be fair, I would say within the last 10 years, only really rural areas have started to catch up in technology. Yeah. And Iowa especially. Apparently, like, that's one of the fastest growing job markets in the nation is, like, Iowa. Because they're starting to now catch up with technology. Yeah. So jobs are being created. That's interesting because – yeah, for a long time, of course, big major metropolitan cities, you know, L.A., New York, Miami, Chicago, Dallas, Seattle, et cetera, Denver. They're all the big cities. Phoenix, you know, they all started developing. But then, like, you had these rural areas that would still be like, you know, fucking DSL, 56K shit or, you know, cash registers with the ding. You know what I mean? So, like, right. You go, if you go out to there, like, they're still there out there, of course. Or we take cash only, cash or check, no credit. Um, but then eventually things started to catch up and now we're starting to get to a point where, you know, it's l a, probably a little more shocking if you went to a small town that didn't have some sort of internet or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got something. Everyone's connected by the internet, the technology, but back then 96, I could definitely see them being behind three years behind, you know, wasn't there, I remember being a kid, man, and I'm living in California and someone telling me that in Maine, it like they went, they visited Maine, might have been like 11 or 12. They're like, dude, I just went to Maine and they're like four years in the past over there. So, yeah. like, that's crazy. It definitely happens. And, like, I've been, I, I do trips to Salt Lake a lot and right? it's quicker to drive through Wyoming than it is to drive through Colorado. And, like, there are still like dead spots that I go through and, like, these small little not necessarily shanty towns, but like these just like blink and you've driven through the town, but don't you dare speed through there. Otherwise you'll never leave. Can but. you, can we not agree that driving through Wyoming in the middle of the night is some of the scariest shit driving? Oh, no doubt. I did that shit. And, and like driving back from Utah through Wyoming, it's all downhill. And that's 7,000 feet or so dropping to about four or five. And like, there are even parts of Colorado. Once you get into the state before you get back up the mountains that are higher, but like, that's a lot of downhill and yeah, they've got a high speed limit there, but like I'm riding my brake and I'm still going like 90 and it's frigging. Well, not even that. I was just going to say like the animals at night in Wyoming, because there's no lights mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. So you constantly have just animal traffic running across the road. That too. I've had that happen in New Mexico. Um, 
I've got, I'll tell you this story off air about what happened in New Mexico, but we had to, we had to take one of the boys man card that night. Well, I, I can tell you a quick story here. Uh, one night driving through uh, Wyoming on tour in pitch black. Beautiful though. Wyoming is beautiful yeah. at night. For Wyoming's sure. great. Yeah. Daytime just, too. Yeah. It's just, there was nothing. Uh, so we're driving in the middle of the night. There's no lights, no nothing. Just me and the, you know, the stars. And I'm having to navigate trying to not hit jackrabbits. And I'm not talking like a, a few are here, there. I mean, like hundreds. They're all just darting across the fucking thing. So I'm weaving back and forth every couple seconds here trying to hit, not hit these jackrabbits. Nobody's coming from either side. So I can kind of hang out in the middle of the road at least. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to like weave it and wob it. But eventually it's either you or the jackrabbit. So I had to hit one. So there was yeah. one I, I did have to take out because I was like, well, I'm not going to fucking like run off the road. So like I hit one and then there was an, I had to hit another one because it came down where all of a sudden you saw like a fucking deer just pops up out like on the road. And I see it and I was like, fuck it, jackrabbits. Yeah. I'm not hitting this deer, dude. Like, <laughs> right, right. And so. Wyoming is a scary place, guys, is what I wanted yes, to say, driving yes. in the middle of the night. Man, I don't know how we got there, but Iowa is how we got there. Back to the show, guys. They agreed that Larry should go home or go to Iowa because Larry's like, home, when he sees, like, all the people in flannel and three years yeah. behind and shit. <laughs> so they go Which to the train. I don't get because everyone in Colorado still wears flannel. Right. I got three of them. In my closet right now. And I didn't wear flannel before I moved here. <laughs> well, I think I wore flannel. Yeah, I lived in Washington. I think I've got a flannel jacket. I don't think I ever wore flannel before I lived living right, here. Right? It's, I don't know. It's a cold area kind of thing. Yeah, it's a yeah. cold region type area, I guess. It's part of well, becoming the Borg. Uh, well... They decide they're going to take Larry to uh, Iowa, and the best way to do so is by going on train. And at this point, as you mentioned, the federal agents and Mephisto have brought in Steve Irwin, and they're trying to, tra trying to track down. Eric has also shown up, and he's, like, excited because he's like, oh, yeah, shit, <laughs> like, because he's all dressed up in the same outfit. And so they're trying to track him. They're tracking him through the snow. <laughs> Uh, and Steve Irwin's like, Wait, look! Is it him? No, it's a Rocky Mountain rattlesnake. This is the most poisonous snake in this entire region. So what I'm going to do is carefully sneak up on it and jam my thumb in its butthole. Cracky! Oh, this snake is really pissed! I'm going to jam my thumb in its butthole now! Oh, yeah, that pissed it off, all right! Does he always do this? Yeah. This is a Colorado no mountain rocky uh, rattlesnake. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sneak up on it, and I'm going to jam my thumb up his butthole. And so he sneaks up on it, and, like, Mephesto says to the federal agents, like, does he always do this? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So he jammed his thumb up his butthole. And Mephesto is the last one that should be judging anyone for anything. Him and his obsession with putting multiple asses on Five creatures. ass monkey. Yeah, he does like to put a lot of asses. You think he yeah. puts those asses on those monkey, those animals to fuck them? Is that, was that, that the point? No, no, I don't know what the oh. point was. All right. Just oh. Maybe because he could do it, like. He does it in the video games too. Like he puts he asses on everything. He does. You have to fight him and the different ass monkeys. Yeah. Wow. And then like he starts putting asses on sixth graders, if I remember right. 
best part of the breaking out of Mephesto's lab, though, is when you get to put all the asses on the sixth grader who's stuck in the gumball machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, please, stop! <laughs> you just keep putting more asses on him. Stop putting asses on me, dude! My anyway. favorite... My favorite joke in Fractured Butthole is still spontaneous. Bootay. She had a big booty, man. <laughs> it's just like the way they say her name and then she busts through the door. Right. It's Yeah, oh my god. So, af- to- so after that, they do get Stan, uh, they do get, uh, I'm sorry, him to the train Gorak. station. They do get Gorak, Steve, to the train station. And they're like, okay, he's going to go to Iowa. They're like, oh, wait a minute. It's 4 o'clock. We have to fight now. So they go and fight. And while they're fighting, they're they're waiting for the train. And then uh, they're like, hey, actually, you got to go over to Platform B. And they're like, oh, okay, sorry. So they go over to Platform B, and they continue the fighting over there. And then eventually, uh, Gorak, Steve, Larry gets on the train. And he kind of gets like a really nice heartfelt speech. You know what, guys? I just want to thank you. You guys really showed the true meaning of friendship. You put my needs before yours and my happiness before anyone else's without any question. And that's what a true friend does. And they're like, yeah, okay. All right, bye. And then they continue to keep fighting. <laughs> so eventually, the federal agents and Steve Irwin do track him to the train station. And they're like... We got we, we. so they like they they start chasing after them the train. Eventually, Steve Irwin is able to catch up with the train. He jumps on the train, and uh, well, he does eventually pin down Gorak, Steve, and stick his thumb up his butthole. This was one of those episodes where I remember going, "Oh, I feel bad for this guy. This is fucked yeah. up." Yeah, yeah, I've. Oh man, I remember. It's like. When you're watching a nature film and the wolf catches like whatever it's going on, you're just like, oh, unless the wolf is the focus of the documentary, then you're like, yeah, fucking kill that rabbit. Fuck yeah. Well, at this point, a helicopter is called in and the helicopter lands on the train track thinking that. And well, he ends up being right, but because they were like, just land on the train or land on the tra- lands on track. It's like, hey guys, the train's not stopping. The train's not stopping. So you think the train is gonna smash the helicopter, but it doesn't. It actually. Uh, the train's not stopping. It's not stopping. Ah! Oh, he bought. <laughs> Where's Gorak? Wow, that is the goddamnedest thing I've ever seen. The helicopter doesn't get damaged at all as the train smashes into it, exploding into all these pieces and being destroyed. And Steve Irwin ends up getting killed and thrown somewhere. Well, Steve gets thrown somewhere because he's able to get off the train, get into a helicopter, and he's able to leave, make his escape. As he looks back as a result of the cat, the crash, killing Irwin and giving Larry, I guess, a chance to escape. He escapes in the helicopter and explains how important friendship is to Stan and Kyle. And Stan and Kyle then, and, and they do end up making up afterwards, you know. And they both agree that Cartman sucks as a best friend. And yes. that's how the episode ends. So it was a, this was a good episode, guys. It was a good way to go out on a season. And it was a good, like, I'd say as far as some of South Park's messages, this was a good, wholesome, positive message. Like, you know, friendship is more, and friendship and family are more important than anything else. So, like, I got to give them credit there. But no let, doubt. I agree. Let's go ahead and, uh, as we wrap up this episode, get into the underlying tones, some of the references to the pop culture, some of our top likes and dislikes. We kind of went over them throughout the episode. but Yeah, we already went over Hell on Earth. 
right? Well, here's some of the underlying tones. Of course, we mentioned Steve Irwin is killed by the train crash in this episode, but uh, you know he eventually will make an appearance in Hell on Earth. Uh, Kyle falls into the hole and Stan says, good job, Cartman. You killed Kyle, allowing Kenny the rare opportunity to deliver the You Bastard line. Uh, there's a scene in the episode uh, which parodies Terrence and Scott from uh, the Canada episode, from the, from the first uh, episode of the season. where they Not without my anus. Right, yes, where, they, where Stan and Kyle are calling to each other a dick. You're a dick, dude. No, you're a dick. So that was Scott's a nice Scott's a dick. That was a nice uh, call back, a uh, little wrap up uh, of the whole season. When Kyle falls down the hole, as you mentioned, uh, Stan seems to be unfazed by his supposed death. Unlike other episodes, though, when Kyle near death experiences in Cartman land and in the Cherokee hair tampons. And this is technically the first episode to feature frontal nudity, even though uh, Larry's penis is blurred out when he's freezing himself and gets up. It's he's naked. So, yes. and let's go to a couple of some references to some pop culture here. This episode parodies Steve Irwin. Um, when Stan and Kyle came across the Iceman, uh, the old Iceman cave was a reference to the film Encino Man, as we as you mentioned. Yep. We, we didn't go over this part of the conversation, but there is one part where Cartman is like, "Hey guys, this is just like that movie where that guy is like dating that one girl, they're dancing all throughout the summer, that French chick, and singing about Grease Lightning." yeah yeah stupid wasn't even about freaking thing so anyway uh stan is wearing clothes uh i'm sorry steve is wearing clothes from eddie bauer which mefesto claims hasn't been popular since 1996 eddie bauer is right i mean but they're still they're still around i guess yeah i think are they making more cologne than anything is that what eddie bauer makes now probably i'm not really yeah i don't know i know they stopped making the ford about 10 years ago the eddie bauer edition fords Oh, like cars? Yeah, like there was like the Eddie Bauer edition, Expedition, Explorer, friggin'. Yeah, that's how I knew him anyway, the company. Interesting. Uh, We already mentioned uh, Officer Barbrady, Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Moe, of course. And then here's some of the references that were in the 1996 Habitat. You already brought up Ace of Spades, All That She Wants. Yeah, Ace of Base, yeah. Um, I already brought up the 1999 Falcons, but there was also um, there's two movie posters on the wall, one for Fargo and the other one is for Independence Day. Both was came out in 96. Yep. There's a there's a reelect Clinton sign. <laughs> Which um, I yeah, that was that always made me laugh. Right. The headline for South Park News. It's on the side of the computer desk says um, flight 800 plunges into the sea which is a reference to Boeing's 747 plane crash that occurred in the 1996 Nice uh, Ear Marechis of New York. Did I pronounce that correctly? Um, not really sure because we always just said it crashed by LaGuardia or whatever airport it took off from because okay. that's basically what happened. It, like, it were you, were you in the area as a kid at the time? Or, uh, or no, I was in Vegas by this point, okay. but, so it didn't really... It, I, it didn't really hit me like that, but it was like, oh, geez, a fucking plane crashed there right after takeoff from. I think it took off from JFK, if I'm not mistaken. But hmm. so, like, it was right. I'm guessing that's like some section of Queens that I've never heard of. Interesting. 
Well, after that, uh, we already mentioned the internet kerfuffle about Steve. Uh, and uh, this one was funny, though. St- Steve turns on the TV, and initially the Aussie Hunter says, the average, gri- the average grizzly bear is stronger than 10 Morgan Freemans. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as we learned in Fractured But Whole, Morgan Freeman is like the most powerful being on the planet. He is. He is the most powerful being. And you cannot fight him if you play as a black guy. Nope. <laughs> or a black girl, because I play I played as that character. That's the hardest character in the game. Um, it doesn't make it harder. It just changes how people treat you. That's what Cartman says. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it does make it harder. Because I know I'll, it does. I'm just making Obviously, obviously. Yeah, yeah you make it hard. Yeah, people hate you. Yeah, it she does. No, it does date because like they're in certain scenes, like when you have all the rednecks show up. Let's yeah. get that. Queer. This <laughs> yeah. guy. This guy. This guy. Like it's just obviously, you know, dubbed in audio. Yeah, yeah. They're like waiting for the game to react and pick your uh, card. Yeah, yeah. So Kyle states that he named the Iceman Steve after Steve Austin from the television series The Six Million Dollar Man, due to his resemblance. Which is not the Steve Austin you would think they'd be naming him after in 1999. Or 1999. You're right. They should have gone after Stone Cold. Yeah, they're in 99, so. Yeah, that was the height of Austin 316. Yeah, just about. Yeah, he uh, WrestleMania 15 was. Yeah, he beat The Rock that year. Yeah, that was a good year for him. 99, the night after Over the Edge. When Austin comes out after losing to uh, Shane and McMahon in the triple ladder match where the little briefcase gets mysteriously raised. Yeah. Uh, the, the next night is my favorite night of Monday Night Raw ever. Austin wins the title that night against The Undertaker. And at that point, it's not like WWE did a lot of title switches or big title changes on TV very often. Right, so like, right. That just stuck out to me being a kid. Austin says, "I Old Stone Cold Steve Austin signed a contract, had a couple zeros to the end of that salary, went ahead and signed in place for a WWF championship match tonight against The Undertaker. Give me a hell yeah. And I was a kid going, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, so that, that was one of my moments as a kid. So you're right. Steve Austin, they should have done that. Anyway, uh, Kyle confuses Steve's plight with Frosty the Snowman, though, in the... Uh, <laughs> At the end of the like at the train station, he's like, "Dude, we got to get him on a train before he melts." Stan's like, "Dude, that's Frosty the Snowman, you idiot." <laughs> um, at the end of the episode, Cartman does say, "Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting crocodiles." That's of course a Looney Tunes parody of Elmer Fudd. And then the uh, cow sits on his face, and Cartman says, "Hey, it's been that cage has in here." Um, and then there is one more. There's the A113. Yep, go ahead. You can say that one. Uh, the A113, which Pixar nerds will know right away, was uh, Steve Jobs' storm, if I'm not mistaken. That's where the A113 comes from. And they've used it in every Pixar film. But, like, it's a common trope uh, or Easter egg more than trope amongst animation in general. The Simpsons have done it a few times. It's right up there with uh, THX. Um, I can't remember the numbers at the end of it, but it's right up there with uh, THX references. Um, that's just little Easter eggs and stuff like that. And Alan Smithy's always kind of uh, always kind of jump out at me. 
You missed the Stinky Britches reference. I was going to say that. It was my last one here. Was oh, my, my bad. My bad. I was going to talk about that in my likes, actually. But since oh, we, didn't really, oh. we didn't really fill it out here on the forum. But yeah, let's yeah. get into that. My top likes. What well, My first one was, yes, uh, when Steve is walking through town, okay, or Larry is what we should call him. Larry's walking through town, okay, and he's like getting up familiarized with all of the shit after the boys let him out or help him escape. And right, Marilyn right. Manson's on a television in one of the windows, and he's singing a variation of Stinky Richard. Stinky Richard. Stinky Richard. Which, yeah. you, you great song. It's a great song, but it was in Marilyn Manson's voice. It's, it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and was that one of the ones that they were actually able to get Manson for, or because I know they've gotten Manson to do stuff on the show before? It wasn't for that one. I think he did one for a Halloween episode. Okay, yeah, I the, do. the corn, the Scooby Doo one, which I think we'll get to. Yeah, I think, I think that one's kind of an all-star character of like their gothic right. horror musicians, right? Because like Manson was doing a lot of animation pair. Uh, appearances at that time he did the appearance on clone high right around the same time which clone high is a seriously seriously underrated show is um got banned because they used gandhi right i can't remember why it got banned but yeah it is that i'm pretty sure that's what it was like i think i watched uh one of those uh those youtube screen rant things top 10 top 10 reasons why this show got pulled or an episode got banned and i think it was because they depicted gandhi partying and that pissed off india and they sent in shit sent in tons of letters and like how do they not realize that the whole joke behind gandhi in that series is that he is the complete opposite of what he was like or, Unfortunately, I'm not. Except for it. the womanizing thing, like you want to talk, was... you want to talk about Gandhi, guys. I mean, well, don't get yeah. Gandhi, he did some good shit, but he was a pretty foul bastard too. <laughs> a huge racist too, guys. That's so true, yeah. like, go research anyway. Yeah, no, he was a foul bastard, no doubt. But like, the depiction of him on the cartoon is the complete opposite oh, of his yeah. public depiction, which was the whole joke of the character. Well, more could it have been there's some been some truth in there, Joe. Who knows? Oh yeah, no, there was definitely some truth in there with the whole like being a dick, being a horn dog thing and all that. But right, they right. didn't touch on they didn't touch on him being a racist bastard at all. Yeah, no, no doubt. Well, the uh, some of my other top likes here that I liked here, you know, I liked Cartman's Aussie hunting style. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I liked Steve Irwin jam my thumb up your butthole. Of course, that was hilarious. The I liked the dissension between um, Kyle and Stan, and then breaking out into a fight because it's nice to see that shit happens with everybody, you know, no matter yeah. what. Like so, uh, even the closest of friends get into a fight. I like that Cartman became the center of attention. That's big kid. I'm very passionate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, so that's probably some of my top dislikes. Um, you know, I like that they did kind of a 1996. Or they kind of did like a frozen absurdity, like this guy's been frozen, but he's only been frozen for three years. <laughs> right. It um, would have been a lot easier to just catch him up on things. Right. Right. Uh, is any anything top likes to stand out to you, Joe? Anything um, else I didn't mention. I didn't like. Think, I just always popped for the for Stan naming him Gorak because, like I've said before any time where they act like children and where the show acknowledges that they're eight years old 
I just pop for, and that is something only an eight-year-old would do. But at the same time, there would be another eight-year-old to be like, no, his name is Steve. <laughs> but um, the uh, the absurdity of which you touched on, I'm trying to think of anything that it, like I can't really think of much that I dislike. Yeah, I can't and, think of anything either. Yeah, and. I mean, in earlier seasons, at least for me, there are a couple episodes where, like, there's it's easy to find stuff that I dislike or something. For me, the season or the series doesn't really start picking up and gathering steam until season three. And then Osama bin Laden has farty pants is really the jump off for me, like the second they show up on the with gas masks on you're like oh shit <laughs> like but um like as far as like the for the early seasons the first two or three seasons this is one of the stronger episodes i liked it as a kid because it was simple enough where i could get the plot and everything but then there was still the shit that i was catching that maybe my friends at school weren't catching um they're yeah, there wasn't a lot to hate in this episode, especially when compared to a lot of the earlier episodes. I was going to say, I just, I mean, I know I've, we've probably done in the past, these mean scoop have, where there's probably been an episode or two where we've gone, well, there, there wasn't anything we disliked. But in this, as far as from beginning to end, I, there wasn't really anything I disliked in this episode. I mean, I could nitpick and be like, well, they should have paid the boys for the lights, man, when you found him. Right. Getting the credit, but I mean, like other than that, uh, there wasn't really anything at all right. that I disliked. And yeah, the train, the helicopter being unfazed. That was, great. That was yeah. hilarious. And so Steve, I like that. Yeah, and Steve getting conveniently thrown into the propellers and shit. Like, right, Steve Irwin just conveniently can get thrown into the propellers and dies. And then yeah. the other Steve, or a.k.a. Larry now, he and just all knows, of how, a to sudden knows how to fly Yeah, it all worked out serendipitously, and you, <laughs> but it was done so funnily that you're like, well, what the fuck is going on here? And, like, it was... South Park knows it's creating whatever plot hole it's creating, and it's more just a fuck you, we're doing this. Right. Well, that was the episode, guys. That was our top likes. Now, Scoop here, before he left, he did type in that this was part of Scoop's Top 50. So he wrote that down. Um, and then uh, I would say this is in my top 100 for sure, a top 100 part of my uh top 100 list joe in your like list of vast list of uh, south park would this make your top 100 or top 50 uh probably closer to 50 than 100 but somewhere in there okay it's fair i mean it's it's no time child but it's no time child Uh, it's a good episode well (laughs) that that's our review guys that's my explanation as well on the uh, voices of misery situation and if you didn't hear that part you're probably listening to it on media. So if you want to know more about the voices of misery stuff, you can go listen to that part on our podcast or watch on YouTube. Um, that part of the section was cut out here on the Hummy Media feed because we don't need any of that drama here on the Hummy Media side. So, however, it you can. It was like Biggie and Pac. He dropped a hit em up style <laughs> track. Oh, it was crazy. No, I wasn't. It really wasn't that hey, bad, Bonnie, guys. Hey, Bonnie, West Side. <laughs> <laughs> 
First off, fuck your click. First off, fuck your bitch in the click you claim. When we ride west side, come equipped with game. Anyway. Oh, God. We are the whitest motherfuckers. Yeah. I just actually edited that song into one of the podcasts I used the other day. It's funny you said that. So I was like, yeah, hit him up. And then I edited it right after the point. Like, I was like, I, the way I edited it was after Pac goes, man, I don't even know why the fuck up, up I'm on this track. I'm going to go ahead and pass it off. And then I clicked it right over into our intro song. So it was <laughs> well-timed. I used that like, yeah, nice. Pac nice. introducing yourself. Like, I don't even know why the fuck I'm on this track. <laughs> um, so, yes, guys, you can check out hackerhumming.podbean.com for all the latest and greatest news. Um, also, look out. We are going to be uh, evolving some of more of our Hummy Media platform, guys. That is coming. But he- help us get to 2 million downloads. We're almost there. Also, go ahead and check out uh, thebroasters.com for your bag of Russo Bro coffee. You can check out Zordos Olive Oil for some fine Greek artisan olive oil shipped in from uh, Demetrius Zordos' family's uh, like fields that they own in Greece. So check that out. That's pretty cool. And then, of course, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. For any of your pro wrestling apparel, as well as you can get the Benhamin's uh, apparel at prowrestlingtees.com slash Benhamin, Stevie Richards at BWOSTV, Sally Graziano at SEG Shirts, and Greek God Papadon at Greek God Papadon. So uh, that's where you can find any of our stuff material. Of course, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Matthew underscore Schaffer. Uh, Mr. Joe, anything you'd like to put over, yo? Uh, Primo's Professional Wrestling, Devotion Championship Wrestling. Uh, you can find... Devotion on Twitch, uh, there's a new, we basically re-air the TV show on really, Twitch bro? every Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah, bro? Yeah. And it's nice, actually bro. written, it's actually bro? written by Vince. So. Bro. Bro? Seriously. Bro. Seriously. Bro, that's awesome. Go ahead. And um, we've got uh, some video coming out soon from the uh, Primo's channel. If you are a deathmatch fan, we've got a couple of our slave to deathmatch tournaments that are going to be available pretty soon for the low, low price of four ninety nine plus right. one penny. So That's we're going to sell for five bucks, and then we send you the download and all that fun stuff. And then, so yeah, just uh, follow those two promotions and some stuff down in Colorado Springs, and I'll be happy. All right. Well, that's awesome. And if you want to, uh, of course, follow Joe, I'm sure you can type in his name somewhere on Twitch or Twitter. Yeah. And he'll come up. So I'm not the one that looks like a 60 year old man. Uh, right now, I think it's a <laughs> wrestling flyer, but I'm Joe, not Joseph. There you go. Well, guys, as I mentioned, you can follow myself at Matthew underscore Schaffer. If you want to interact with Scoop, he does moderate and use our Twitter at suck my balls pod on Twitter. We also are on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow us there, suck my balls pod We're on Facebook. If you want to give us a like at South Park Pod, and then we you can email us at suckmyballspod at gmail.com. If you want to be part of the conversation, give your feedback, uh, tell me I suck. Yeah, I mean, I'm open to all ears. So uh, that's another edition, guys. Of See you later, guys. Scoop, I love you. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album versus Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network. 
with the Vieira Vault. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for those who love politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. A watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido. Ex Stradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast. And the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laugh Cast. So check out RatsalReview.com or search RatsalReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. En junkerred ved juletid Ting tang ting jo til dig Omkring ham dannet sneen hvid Ting tang ting jo til dig Han stred sig frem i regn og blæst Med et der sejnede hans hest Ting tang lu, ting tang lu Ting tang ting jo til dig I højen tårn Ting tang ting lu til dig Og ventede ham som til forn Ting tang ting lu til dig Men natten gik så trist og lang I ensomhed til solopgang Ting tang lu, ting tang lu Ting tang ting lu til dig Den næste dag vi hed morgenrød Ting tang ting lu til dig De fandt den stakkels junker død Ting tang ting lu til dig Han dækket var af sne og is Men tør nu op i paradis Ting tang lu, ting tang lu Ting tang ting lu til dig Det var jo noget værd og noget Ting tang ting lu til dig For da han tøde blev han våd Ting tang ting lu til dig Men sådan kan det altså gå Når man går uden hue på Ting tang lu, ting tang lu Ting tang ting lu til dig Ting-chang-ching-lu-chi-lai Nu deler de den lille sky Som regner over land og by Ching-chang-lu Ching-chang-lu Ching-chang-ching-lu-chi-lai